cliffcentral.com. Hi everyone, how are you doing? Uh, we know we're probably uh, resting, you know, still in bed, all of that. But today is a monumental day. It's Freedom Day today, and um, Consciousness Cafe, um, Anisha. Hi. And myself, Gege, are here to, um, you know, talk through the next hour about what does freedom mean? Where are we about freedom? And it's actually awesome that we're coming in right now just after, you know, the last um, show, which was also speaking a lot of what is very close to what Consciousness Cafe tries to do. So um, stick with us for, for the next hour, um, Anisha. Freedom Day, um, like Kiki is saying, I mean, it's Freedom Day. I was actually very privileged to be at the... At uh, Nelson Mandela's inauguration And um, I was like 12 at the time And I remember the feeling Like feeling so excited Feeling overwhelmed Feeling kind of united in this South African society And today I'm I'm feeling To be honest quite quite down But at the same time We also feel like This is our time to do something This is our time to be active citizens And what is it that we we can do And that's also what the previous show was saying What is it that we can do on Freedom Day To get closer to where we want to be actually And Consciousness Cafe is trying to do that Through dialogue Through dialogue where people are able to talk to each other About how they really feel Where they really want to get to And what what is it that we need to get to that place? We cannot just say, you know, let's forgive, let's go on. But we also need to express our anger. We also need to express our pain. And Consciousness Cafe wants to create that kind of platform for people to to discuss, to let go of those kind of pains and angers that they are feeling. Um, yes, and uh, some of you might know that we were on the Cliff Central show um, last year at uh, around the 18th of November. And um, so we we have um, today we're going to have some people also on the show with us just to explore further um, what we are trying to do and what other people are doing out there and um, yeah, just see what the landscape is on, on this topic and what important things we need to start thinking about to make, um, you know, the necessary changes that we need to make for our direct realities and for our country as a whole. Um, as a start, um, we have Janelle Nodia, who Anisha and I were very fortunate enough to attend a training with um, about two weeks ago in Cape Town who on um, transformational dialogue. Um, um, Anisha is just going to introduce her and then we'll, we'll start talking. Um, she's in London, so we'll be on a Skype call with her for the first few minutes of the show. Yes, like Kiki is saying, we were very privileged to attend a facilitation training. Janelle is an international coach, trainer, and, and change facilitator. She also developed the No Name Initiative, which is a large group process for transformational dialogue and healing in South Africa, something that we can all say is quite needed in the country and quite important to talk about on Freedom Day. So we have Janelle on the line. Hi, Janelle. Hi, Janelle. Hi, Nisha. Hi, KK. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm very good. I thank you so much for inviting me. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for being with us all the way from London. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels closer, right? Yes, it does, definitely, <laughs> especially when we're hearing you so clearly. <laughs> we feel great. Okay, Janelle, just to jump right into it, we're talking yeah. about yeah, transformational dialogue and, and we need to get closer to where we want to be as a South African society. What is actually, what is transformational dialogue? Yeah, that's a good place to start, right? What is it? And um, I want to tag on to what you said, uh, Anisha, just a few minutes ago about, you know, our need to actually express some of our emotions about what's really happening for us. So 
what transformational dialogue does is actually that. So it goes beyond the facts, our opinions, our, you know, uh, how I, how I think about something. And it goes to what I actually feel about something. So what's actually driving my thoughts? What's driving my behavior? And so when two or more people come together in a facilitated process that allows for the emotion to be expressed, and the assumptions and the stuff that actually lies beyond, you know, what we say or what we think. Then we start releasing some of that energy. And we don't only release it. It actually starts to shift and it starts to transform. And from that point on, we can start going into action that looks different from the solutions or the actions we might have thought of before the transformative process. So, so I want to make this clear, you know, transformational dialogue is not just a bunch of people getting in a room and chatting, mm. you know, we're mm. talking. It's going way deeper than that into allowing the energy of what's really there to be expressed so that it can shift and that we can feel empowered enough then to go into a transformed state of action. Mm. If that makes sense. Yes. Oh, great. I'm praying for Janelle. Um, you know, in light of, you know, everything that's been going on in this country, especially the, the, the xenophobia and, you know, the, the racism that we've been experiencing, you know, just before the xenophobic attacks, we had, uh, you know, the roads debacle happening. And um, do you think that, you know, how do you think that transformational dialogue could maybe be, a, 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 you know, some kind of a, a, a way to help in this kind of a situation? Yeah, you know... um, it's so it's so easy to point to things and say, you know, this is the fix or, or that's that's what we need to do. And and that's not how I want to sound. Mm. But however, <laughs> you know, I do believe that transformational dialogue is actually the missing link in so, so many of our initiatives. You know, if we look around, we have so many good ideas. We have so much, you know, so many stunning initiatives happening. But what we tend to not do is we tend to not pause and actually stand still to listen what's actually happening underneath the surface. Mm. So, you know, if we look at kind of any problem, but but let's look at what's currently happening, you know, in, in, in our society. There's this expression of, it's almost like a need to express in violence. And that only happens when I've been suppressed to actually say or, or do what I'm thinking or feeling, right? So when we see this bubbling up, you know, in, in behavior that we might feel is frightening or, you know, we don't want a society in which there's violence, we actually have to pause and ask ourselves, why is that happening? Mm-hmm. And a part of that is because we don't have platforms to actually express what is happening for us, to really deep, you know, dive down and say, okay, what's in the undercurrent? What is there, you know, that's almost like the, the ugly underbelly. Mm. And, and when we pause and actually allow ourselves to go there and express from that place of what's really happening for us, it's not an easy place to be in. It's definitely not comfortable. But if we can create circles that's safe enough to actually express that stuff, it can shift. And then we don't have to wait for it to turn up in violence. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that creating these kind of safe platforms is is kind of what's missing because the thing is Janelle also you know just I hear what you're saying it's just I'm trying to also represent um, a general kind of feeling from people that you know we've been talking 
people, you know, we get this general kind of concern from people that we've been talking, we've been talking, we, we express our, our concerns on, on media, we, we write about it, we, twa- we tweet, we write our concerns on Facebook, we have been talking. But you know what? We have been discussing these things over and over again, and we're tired of talking, you know? So, yes, the, you're talking about safe platforms, but, you know, people are saying yes, and then what, you know? We talk and talk, yeah. and then what? <laughs> exactly. But exactly, right? It's talk, 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 nothing happens. Mm. And I'm with you. No more, you know, talking is not it. That's That's not what we need. We don't need... Another group of people chatting about how they, you know, what they think should happen or their opinions or Mm. their facts or their judgments. That's not what we need. We need transformation that leads into action, right? Mm. And so, so basically what I'm saying is if we can, actually, let's break this down a little bit. If we say, for example, inequality might just be one of our biggest problems, Mm. right? It's debatable, but let's just, for example, say that might be one of our biggest problems. Now, we can try and fix the solution, right? We can try and uh, 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 come up with ideas and actions of how do we tackle our inequality. But if we don't go through a transformational process or dialogue, it will be the same drivers, the same people in power, the same power position that decides how that needs to be tackled. Mm. We actually don't then look at what is this power dynamic driving inequality? You know, what is actually happening underneath the, you know, the the current system that has this be true? Mm -hmm. And when we come together in a transformative dialogue, we actually allow for those, that that power discourse to come out and we can actually start, start challenging it. And I think that's what needs to happen. We need to have these transformative dialogues so that we can start challenging the status quo and not on a surface level, mm-hmm. but actually those power dynamics that keep on playing mm-hmm. out. So, so you know, if, if I can maybe just bottom line this, we need the transformational dialogue that actually expresses what is the power dynamic, then challenge it, Mm-hmm. And so that we can shift and then create actions from that point forward. So I'm with you. No more talking. We actually need transformative dialogue. You've got it. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um. So Janelle, um, what I'm hearing also is that you know you make it sound, and actually it is more than just you know people talking. And I think what you're saying also puts such an emphasis on people also being upfront and honest and owning. You know, their places and how they feel about things Because I think the other issue that we have in this country Is that we have a lot of, um, you know, glossing over what we really feel like And not really telling the real truth or the real anger or the real fear You know, not getting to that deep level of expressing the actual emotion That we actually feel about things And what you are saying basically is that If we get to a level or an or, or a platform, a space Where we can actually talk about those things That we find so difficult to even articulate um, then we are beginning the very necessary process that we need to start in order to start the healing process. Exactly, exactly. And the thing is, you know, often we don't even know what we feel. Mm. You know, we kind of know what we think. I know this is how I feel. You know, I might say, I don't like people who wear blue hats, right? Mm. And I live with this opinion. But if if I if I never get a chance to come 
to pause and actually see what's the emotion underneath it. I might be, you know, maybe someone with a blue hat attacked me or, or, or you know, whatever happened. So, so if we can't get into circles that actually start talking about what's the emotion underneath that, you're right. It's very difficult for healing to happen. So when we come together in this way and we start expressing even the most, you know, taboo things, but if we can make that okay in these safe, facilitated environments, mm. that can actually shift. Wow, I'm, I'm feeling quite um, hopeful from, from what you're saying, Janelle. And, um, you know, it would be great, obviously, to have as many people involved in something like this as possible. Um, do you have... Um, you know, how can people get involved and become more active citizens and, and, you know, be somewhere there in trying to make this, this difference or this shift happen? Yeah. And, and I love what you say, you know, how can people be involved? Because this is it, you know, trying to do something on your own is really difficult. Even if you think, you know, I've got them, I've, I've now standing on an empowered platform. It's lonely out there, right? Mm. So if we can do these things together, mm. it just makes it so much easier. So, uh, you know this already, but, um, the Nonim Initiative is a, is a nonprofit that spreads transformational dialogue. You know, really the vision here is to spread. It's almost like healing like a disease. You know, mm-hmm. the more yeah. we can create these safe places to talk about the, the hard stuff, get it out and then shift or at least, fee, you know, move towards more healing. Um, wow. What's possible from there? So one, th- one way to get engaged is just to email the known initiative, you know, uh, email addresses admin at no dash name dash initiative. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can we put that somewhere on the website? Yes, um, yeah. So we'll put the details for the No Name Initiative on the. So the websites. I mean, we can check on our, um, you know, Consciousness Cafe website. Uh, we'll give the details for that, and we can also give the details for the No Name um, Initiative, and also on Facebook, both No Name Initiative and the Consciousness Cafe do have platforms. So, um, so definitely, so the way to start, um, you know, engaging and seeing what. Other people that want to be interested in this can can do. Um, we'll start with the engagement on our, you know, websites. Um, we do have um, callers on the line. Um, yes, Timothy from Pretoria would like to make a comment. Hi, Timothy. Yes, morning. Morning. Yes, my name is Timothy. I'm a Zimbabwean. Hi, Timothy. Yes, I wanted to comment on to ask some questions on. The ongoing xenophobia. Great. Um, go ahead, Timothy. I'm um, Janelle. Um, you'll so you'll be here for a bit. I'm um, Janelle. Does have to rush to a meeting. Um, in you know a few minutes, but she'll be there for a bit of the questions. So, um, are you okay, Janelle? Just to some of the sure. Questions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Super. Okay. Go ahead, Timothy. Okay. Uh, my 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 discussion contribution will depend on. Some questions first, then I'll go on some on to some Zimbabwean situation experiences that perhaps South Africans can also learn. Yes. Uh, on xenophobia, I, I really want to challenge South Africans to ask themselves and say, after the foreign nationals are out of South Africa, who will be next? Is this going to enhance their social economic 
uh, or political speech nation because as I see I think these are just puzzles. Perhaps people are not asking the, the right questions. Mm. So Timothy, you're as saying... What, yes, sorry, go on. Yes, uh, what I was saying, perhaps people have got some serious questions, but they are targeting the wrong targets, you see. Yes, yeah, so so you're saying thanks, Timothy, for your call. You you're speaking directly to to the xenophobic violence that that we have just experienced in this country most recently, and and Timothy is is a Zimbabwean asking, you know, so we attack the foreign nationals, we chase them out of the country. What next? What is that? You know, what what questions do we need to be asking, so that we get to to the bottom of of this kind of problem? Mm-hmm. Janelle, do you want to comment on that? Okay. Yeah, I'll just jump in. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, this is so good what you said, Timothy. You know, we need to start asking different questions. Um, and I, just to summarize, in my opinion, these are all symptoms, right? Mm-hmm. Symptoms of what's really happening, you know, what's underneath in the underbelly of our society. And w- we need to heal. We need to heal. This is so complex. There's no one way. You know, it's even we can't fix this, right? We we can't even be so audacious to think I can come and fix something. No, mm. but we need to start healing from the inside out. And I think one way to do this, one way to ask to start asking those questions, is to have our own dialogues. Mm. And and just to link this with your previous question, please start having these type of conversations on your own. You don't need anyone. You don't even need to engage with the NNI or but but if you start having these asking these questions, what is really happening? What is underneath these expressions of what might look like hate or something? Um, then I think we are at least taking one step forward. Mm. No, very true. And, and like Janelle is saying, um, no, we need to start having these conversations. And, and also that's what Consciousness Cafe is trying to do, is create the platform for those kind of conversations to get people, because often we ha- we do have these conversations, but, you know, they don't make space for this multitude of different kinds of opinions. You know, we, we kind of have these circular conversations where, you know, I'm right and it's about opinions, you know, not really, like Janelle was saying, about feelings and how to express those feelings. And we need to create the space where it's okay to be angry at whoever because they are white. It's okay to express that those feelings because we need those feelings to come out and we need to have that space where it's okay for Anisha to say she's scared or she's fearing or she's angry. We need to have we need to say these things out loud. We haven't been able to say those. We've been told that, you know, we are Rainbow Nation, we must be together and and those things have been suppressed for so long. And like Timothy is saying, you know, they're coming out in different yeah ways towards different people in the wrong kind of way because that healing hasn't taken place because we haven't been able to express those feelings. Mm, and what Timothy also says um, to me, he speaks to almost like a misdirected kind of an anger. So for me, the constant thing or the thread that's there, like in the xenophobic action, and if I just look at the country in general, you know, service delivery protests, you know, all of the things that South African people do when they're angry, um, you know, the first point of call is violence, you know, and and it's almost like the the natural um response is to it's to be violent and we don't i think we 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 need so much work in terms of finding solutions and and finding solutions that actually work then then you know resorting to the first 
um, you know, the first thing that we are comfortable with, I think, almost is, is, is to rebel and, and it's to come out in violence. And I think by doing that, we also miss the important things that Janelle is also speaking about in terms of what really needs to happen, what questions need to be asked, what feelings do we need to express that need to come out for us to start really solving the problems. Because clearly, the violence and this violence is not working. It, it clearly is not working for this country. And we need to start looking at what else can we do? What other avenues can we start exploring that actually help? Um, yeah, no, thanks, thanks, Timothy, for your, for your call, and thanks for for bringing that perspective, important perspective, in. Thanks a lot. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you. And I think just to just to um, add on what Kiki was saying, you know, it's about also not expressing feelings about about other people, but also about ourselves. How mm. do we feel as a people? How do I feel as an Indian person or a black person or a white person in this country? What are my feelings? You know, it's not only about saying, this is what I feel about this person, uh, this white person. It's also about saying, how do I feel as a person? That's How do I feel about myself? Am I okay with myself? It's about also being self-reflective and, and, and you know, expressing honest opinions about how you feel inside of mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah, um, Janelle, um, we are going to have a break, um, in the next few seconds. So, um, I don't know if you'd like to say something, um, just to before you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you both are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've had the pleasure of meeting you. The work you are doing is just—it's amazing. This is what's needed, Kiki Anisha. You are two powerful, brave women, and you know. We need more of this. We need these places to come and express who we are, how do I feel, and you're right. It's not just talking about the other, but I'm actually finding myself in expressing that. Mm. And the more we can build that, you know, uh, make it okay to express and to, to, to even say the hard truths or to express the hard truths, the more we become okay with ourselves and the more we become okay in our relationships. Thank you so much, Janelle, and also um, for the amazing work that you're doing. I mean, we were also so inspired, you know, after attending um, the, the training for five days. It was quite intense, and, you know, a lot of the work that was done was also personal work, mm-hmm. and I think there's so much that's actually needed in that con- in this country, you know, a lot of personal work, a lot of facing up to the ugly truth that we might have to face up to as individuals in order to start healing the country as a whole. But thank you so yes. much, Janelle. Thanks, Janelle. It has been locked away from the eyes of the world, chained, never to be released. But now, it wants to get out. Stay tuned to Cliff Central weekdays to find out how you can unleash the Jeep Renegade. Find hidden codes and videos posted by Jeep SA, and you could win Jeep Renegade prizes. As well as become the person to single-handedly unleash the Jeep Renegade upon the shores of South Africa. Are you renegade enough? I'm a renegade, I just hit the ground running. Visit unleashrenegade.co.za to find out. T's and C's apply. I'm the future of South Africa. On my shoulders, I carry the hopes and dreams of generations to come. I'm eager to learn, but even more eager to use my knowledge for good. I know that it's not where I come from, but where I'm going to that really matters. At Sibanya Gold, we believe our youth is worth its weight in gold, which is why we are so committed to developing, nurturing, and grooming our young people into future leaders. Sibanya Gold, we are.
Granddad was a short, grey-haired gentleman. Gentle-mannered, his speech neat as the crisp white shirt patiently tucked into his pants. Soft-spoken eloquence. One with his appearance, a custom carried across the border together with his accent. Dark-skinned. Handkerchief in hand, no crusty side spittle. Constant shoe shine, he knew his size, and grandma recognized their type. Blurred colonial lines, a generation was born. I came after. Mine is the present, they passed. I fear for the future, for it might never see tomorrow. Today is drowning in flames of self-hate. Rainbow-colored goggles celebrating frivolous victories, a fragile freedom lest we speak ill of the dead. What do I tell my children? Descendants of a Malawian, what do we tell their children? The future is theirs like Africa is for Africans. Right now a house divided. Are we proud? Are we proud? Yeah. Thanks, wow. Abelo. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, that was, that was Savilo Suku. He's a poet, writer, actor, and voiceover artist. Um, wow, that was, that was quite. Yeah, taking a while to get my bearings back after that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just to mention, um, the song, uh, you know, we played previously before we we continue the conversation with, uh, Savilo was, um, Lily Million. Um, Frontlines is on her latest, um, album. Um, so, um, Lily Million is also actually Malawian by birth. And, um, you know, it's just very, you know, we want to play the song specifically because, you know, of, of the situation we find ourselves in. And then, you know, Sabelo just came and just gunned it as well. <laughs> so, um, we just like to, you know, ask, you know, what, what is the motivation for, for what you've been saying? Because, yeah, clearly, you know, you have a view on what's going on and what, what do you have to say about that? Um, this particular piece, Granddad, my grandfather came from Malawi. And um, he settled in the KZN where he met my grandmother, then my father came through, and I came through thereafter. So when when things start happening against people that I consider my brothers, so forget forget the intellectualism and whatnot and whatnot, talking the continent being one and colonial lines being removed and whatnot. For me, there is that connection because... Of where my grandfather came from, mm. you know, and and it becomes a bit difficult because in his time, when he got to KZN and met up with my grandmoms, nobody called him names or anything like that. He had an accent that that I remember; it still sits on my head even today, you know. Mm. Um, so then it becomes a question to say I was raised as a Zulu because of where I was, mm. you know. What do I then say to my children when they ask Uguti? Where are we from, really, you know? Because then point of reference would have to go back to Malawi. But then I'm saying Malawians are half human beings than, than I am because that, that's, that's the notion that, that people in the KZN and throughout the country are giving. Mm-hmm. And then it's like that means I'm actually half a human being, so to say. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this, this was for me to say, what do I really tell the children when they ask? 
to say, where are we from? And would I proudly say we're from Malawi or am I suddenly going to say we are Zulu through and through because I'm afraid of what might come after they are, you know? So yeah, that, that, that's where, that's where this piece came from, you know? Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Sabelo. That's a very relevant question. And it, you know, it asks a question that we need to hear. Um, we do have uh, Zanele from Redeport who would also like to ask a question. Hello, Zanele. Hi, Zanele. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, Good thank thanks. you. How are you? Good, thank you, ladies. Um, ladies, um, I mean, I, 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 I love your organization. I think I was there at your launch, and I really, really like what you're doing. But I just have a couple of questions that I'd like to maybe just get your perspective on. Mm. Yes. For example, like the dialogue happens and the, and the feelings are real and people have the feelings. Is the dialogue firstly expected to change how people feel about things? And then um, what, 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 what then happens after the dialogue? How does the transformation, how does the change then come about? Okay, no, Zanele, thanks for your question. That was, that's a really important question. And it's a question we also get all the time, you know, in relation to Consciousness Cafe work as, you know, what's going to happen after we express all these feelings and we talk about these feelings and, and we, we uncover these feelings that we have about each other and ourselves. What happens next? And that is actually a very organic kind of process because the, 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 the whole process is about Getting your feelings out and from that, once you've been able to release your feelings, actually from that you are able to be at a space where you actually collectively be able to come up with different ideas of where you want to go as a group or a society. And actually we, I'm not just talking about this. It sounds very airy-fairy like, oh yeah, <laughs> we'll come up yeah. with solutions, but we experienced this through, through the, the training that we went to at, in, in Cape Town, the No Name Initiative. You know, we just had mm-hmm. practice runs there of having dialogues. And it's, and it's amazing what happens is that actually, you know, I experienced it personally where feelings that I actually had been bottled up for years, you know, I think of myself as quite an expressive, open person. But mm-hmm. in that space where I actually felt very safe, with strangers, I mean, I haven't met these people before, and I was able to express my feelings about various topics, about whatever, how I feel when I go to a restaurant in Pretoria and there are a whole lot of white people only in that restaurant, and actually how I feel mm. so angry. I was able to express it, and I thought that's where it would end, kind of. But because the, sure. the conditions in that in that facilitation process are so open to a multitude of different ideas, I didn't feel like. Whatever I was saying, I was going to be judged or I was going to be seen as a racist or I didn't fear anything. So I just mm. expressed everything. If things came out. I even started crying, you know, and, mm. and actually out of that, you get to a point where you can actually start thinking about what is it now that we want to do? Because mm. you are so free of those, those years. It's like a weight just being lifted it off is, you. It is. Mm. It is. I can, I can imagine what you mean. And, and you know, sure. I experienced that personally in that training. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm not talking from some kind of, oh, yeah, that's what must happen. And then it's, you know, a theoretical intellectual exercise. It's not. You actually go through a process where you're allowed to express your emotion. And that space has to be safe. Mm. You know, it has to allow for that. It has to allow for uncomfortableness. We're not having an intellectual conversation about you know, like Sabilo was saying, oh, let's talk about colonialism mm. and the effect. And mm. we, this is not an intellectual conversation. 
it's about this is how I feel actually. Correct. And I mean, so, and I guess that's the difference then essentially, right? Mm, it is. Everyone will always have their views, but how you feel then is a different thing. And I mean, and the, should you handle it? Yes, and and a step to the. I mean, I've known Anisha for what eleven. I don't know, years, <laughs> more than t- almost 10 years mm-hmm. now. And I had never seen her cry in the way that she did in that exercise. And I feel, I think that what comes from that is a functionality from releasing that weight and from talking and letting go of those weights that you have. You release that, you know, releasing that brings a functionality. You are better able to actually actively do something afterwards. And, and I think the purpose of, of those dialogues as well is also after that, you know, you are forced it's almost like you have an action plan what are you going to take forward and even the the you know the people that were talking before we started you know an hour before us were talking about being active as a person what is it that you are personally going to do in your personal space sure. that's so going to make a change. difference exactly mm. and that's the only way that change is going to be happen if each person feels their personal responsibility and actually carries it out sure that's amazing i don't know if you guys have got time for a second question for me yeah, sure. So that's fine. Be, okay. <laughs> I think the second question is that, like, um, I'm, 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 I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. but I'd also just like to know because, like, a church, for example, is a place of healing, and it, it's a place where you can express everything that you feel. What kind of role do you think um, a religious organization such as a church can play in 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 the current state of affairs? Um, thank you for that uh, question, um, Zanel. Especially in this country that we're in, where people um, generally well, you know, believed to be Christians and I myself also call myself a Christian. And um, I think churches and organizations such as churches have the benefit of, you know, it's, it's, it's a space of healing, like you're saying, and it's, it's a community of people where there's supposed to be a lot of caring and a lot of, um, you know, holding hands, a lot of guidance and definitely mm. a lot of leadership and a lot of belief in the leadership of the churches. And what I think also is, you know, it, there is a role for them to play as well in, in, in being that place where people can actually take directive you know, advice and guidance from these bodies where mm-hmm. they have so much faith on. I mean, if, if people in our leadership structures like churches are able to address these issues in a healthy manner and help people also face up to them and face them instead of pretending that they are not there, which is what happens, you know, in so many issues, in so many things around us. Then, you know, then we can at least have people actually feel, okay, it's okay for me to feel like this and it's not okay for me to continue feeling like this. Maybe I should do something to stop feeling like this and actually be more active in, in, in bringing a positive change in my own experience and for the people around me as well. And of course, churches are, I think are very instrumental in that because a lot of people do go to church on Sunday and that's a place where, you know, you would reach so many people that it can actually start doing the necessary things that we need done for this country. For sure. Thank you, Zane. Sure. Thank you so much, ladies. Thanks, Zane. I, I will definitely keep following you. All the best with everything. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay, bye. 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 Sabilo, you were, you were, do you want to add something? <laughs> Not in your heat. <laughs> no, I was just saying amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I was saying. Yeah, but um, on the real, like you're saying, Keke, um, the sooner churches start talking about issues that are happening on the ground because I think half of the time we're talking heaven, heaven and, mm. and where we're going, forgetting that we're here now, mm. you know. And immediately when when the pastors, preachers or whatever start engaging in, in these type of dialogues, 
you you start reaching a broader amount of people, like you were mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. um, and and that's where I think change will start coming from. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, yeah, I agree with what you were saying. Amen. Okay. Hey, great. <laughs> um, so do we have another call on the line? Okay, um, um, Timothy, um, Timothy seems to be back. I think uh, we didn't address everything that he needed. <laughs> um, Timothy? Thanks. Yes, Timothy, do you have another question for us? Yes, uh, this is Tim speaking, calling from Victoria. Oh, that's um, another Timothy. Okay. Oh. Hi, <laughs> Timothy. Hi, Tim. Tim, Tim, sorry. Oh, yeah. oh, sorry. Tim from Pretoria. Thank you, Tim. Um, what is your question? Yeah, thanks. First, I wasn't sure whether I should call because I'm actually a German. Um, I'm not a South African. And <laughs> yeah, this conversation, this discussion that you guys are having, essentially, is South African. Okay. Yeah, I thought maybe it's also interesting for you if, you know, someone brings in kind of an outsider's perspective. Um, and I've been living in South Africa for more than seven years and also have worked in other countries on the continent before. And actually one thing that, yeah, really um, in South Africa when I started my time here is um, something that I think compared to other countries, countries is quite uh, Sorry, um, Timothy, your line is not very good. Um, so we heard that you've been working at other organizations in other places in the country, and then when you came to South Africa, you came to um, realize something unique about South Africa? Yeah, I, I hope the line is better now. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay, great. So the, the one element that really struck me is really the high level of, of anger and, and hatred that seems to exist. In, in the society and how it you know, gets expressed in, in different, often violent forms, exactly the things that you already spoke about, the racism, the crime, the road rage, the xenophobia, and so on and so on. Mm. So my question is, um, since South Africans are celebrating Freedom Day, is really how free, genuinely free are South Africans? Yeah. Mm. So you, you can ask the question, are they politically free? Yes, maybe everyone can cast their vote. Or economically free, probably not, not yet, definitely not yet. It's emotionally free, and, and here I, I really don't, don't know if, if we can really say this. Huh? Mm. But Africans are fine with, with who they are, with their past, with, um, you know, having reconciled the, the things that, uh, that make up the history within themselves. So, so that would be my question, and um, I think in, in this context, an initiative like yours, not no-name initiative, I think it's just so highly, highly relevant, and I really want to applaud you guys for, for having started such a highly relevant initiative. Okay. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you so Tim. much, Tim. Um, Tim asks, asks a very relevant question, and I think we just need to throw it back to all of us, you know. How free are we, you know, and what is freedom to us? Because we can see, you know, economically, of course, inequality in this country is causing all the problems that, you know, Tim has listed. And, um, you know, what freedom do we actually have? Do we have political freedom, maybe? Yeah, and also, I don't know, like the first thing that came to my mind now was this, the lyrics of, of a song by Bongiziwe Mapandla. Where he's um, he's saying, "What is freedom if there's no freedom for everyone?" Yes. 
You know, I, I am free to do basically what I want because of my privileged background. I can, you know, I've gone to the best schools. I've mm. had a good, been able to get a job. Mm. You know, I can speak English articulately. So people maybe see, okay, maybe not that articulately. <laughs> so, but people see me in a different way because of that. And because yeah. of that, I'm kind of free to do as I please mostly. Mm. But how does, how do I feel when, when other people in, in society are not free? So what is freedom if there's no freedom for everyone? You know, that, that is, that is for me, the, the underlying issue is if, if I'm free and you're not free, what is that? What is freedom? Exactly. That's a sigh. From Sabelo. Yeah, well, are we free? Mm. Are we free? Mm. I think that question, man, um, there's a piece I have. Hopefully, I'll get to recite it at some point. But um, it 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 tries talking to that because somehow I think I think freedom is 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 personally I believe it it's for a select few. It depends um who who you roll with and and where are you guys rolling, you know. And and you find that if you come from where I come from, um, you are looking at other people and you're saying. Those people I aspire to be there, mm. you know. So freedom to dream, yeah. But what is that dream? Who defines that dream? You know. Mm. And yeah, I don't know. Are we free? Yeah, those are the important questions that we need to be asking ourselves. And Savelo, I don't know if you would like to recite the piece that you're talking about. You know about being free. Yeah, um, current state of the nation. Rights-minded infants are grooming in pavements. Rights-minded infants are grooming in pavements of the suburbs. Dusty streets of townships breeding a new technology-based generation of this genetically modified clone age. Forget the stone age, it's now the clone age. These kids with silver spoons in their mouths, they are born. With silver spoons in their mouths, they born umbilical cords untorn, so to mama to my age and beyond, they continue to suck up. These bloody stuck-ups, these kids, these kids' brother is the type that has got swag. Agamind fool. He burns many tears money, but still sleeps on the floor at grandma's shack. Sister, sister loses weight. She goes for implants, even bleaches her skin, for she knows those regarded as yellow bones with fine asses get fine answers from pivoted uncles in our societies. These kids, they are past this 94, they are future or future. It's good cushion alcohol. <laughs> good kush, let them get somewhere. Maybe there they will bring about changes to this country's failing strategies. It all started with Masakane, luring minds to Vuguzenzele. Vuguzenzele promoted by Metropolis parading or patrolling inner city pavements with empty card boxes, hoping and wishing for an African renaissance that's gonna make its way to a highway via some national road go Malawi, said number one. Hate me not for this truth that I say. Number two, the future of this country is in the box 
box, the same box that gave us number one, the same box that brought about this flu-like obsession, blocking noses in the speech, creating slimy tongues so that vernacular tongues are nowadays gibberish. Racial equity is the name of the game, so who do we blame? Or must we blame our self-centered, self-serving South African leaders who will shower you with favors for as long as to them you remain loyal? To him remain loyal, but then charity begins at home, so how do you blame him? They say the truth hurts. It's not the truth's fault that the truth hurts. But seriously though, if the truth does hurt, then whoever that makes paper will forgive me for I'm not going to stop scribbling these wounds into their future. Truth hurts, but straight talk breaks no friendship. So chief, do tell your leadership that in a country where you find 13-year-olds running functional homes, those child-headed households, Calling our 21-year-old democracy too young to be matured is a bit childish. Mm. Yeah. Wow, thanks, Avilo. Thanks a lot for that. Um, I think that kind of um, also gave a lot of, of insight into into what we were talking about, the last caller's um, question mm. about freedom mm. as well. Mm. And um, Savelo, we just like to give you an opportunity, you know, to let people out there know that might be listening onto the show, like where they can access some of your your works. I mean, you know. Yeah, um, I've got a CD or an EP. Um, you can stream it on Bowser, so that's bowser.mobi forward slash Savelo Soko. Um, on SoundCloud, Savelo Soko. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, and then there you would get to find out wherever I'm performing. That. At Sabelosogo, Facebook Sabelosogo. So it's just Sabelosogo through mm. and through. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we can just Google Sabelosogo and we'll get pretty yes, much. Ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. Um, it is unfortunately come to, um, the end of our hour. Um, and we are going to, um, play, um, one last song, which is, you know, typical of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to go away with. Despite that we find the situation that we find ourselves in in this country, we are still alive and well and breathing and we can can make a change, you know, actively, each of us in every little way that we can at a time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.